This is episode number 842 with Eugene Rem. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Walt Disney said, do what you do so well that they want to see it again and bring their friends. I've never had someone on quite like Eugene Rem. And most of you probably don't know his name, but you might know his brands. Now, Eugene is an entrepreneur and wellness expert whose companies, Catch Hospitality Group and Rumble, have achieved notable success as bi-coastal multi-market operations. Forbes magazine called Eugene one of the new kings of New York hospitality. Eugene, along with his business partner, propelled their seafood restaurant Catch from a standalone New York City flagship to an international phenomenon with successful locations in L.A., Playa del Carmen, Las Vegas, and additional outposts slated for this year. He is currently the chief brand officer of Rumble, which is blowing up in LA and New York and taking over the social media world. It's one of the fastest growing fitness concepts with numerous locations opening up all over the United States and a recent minority stake acquisition by Equinox Fitness Clubs. And with a new boot camp style running concept, Rumble treading rolling out this fall. Rumble is further poised to take the fitness and wellness space by storm. So watch out for Rumble. And in this interview, we talk about Eugene's definition of success and why he thinks money is like sugar. We talk about how he got his chops in the New York club scene and all of the mistakes and failures that he learned by opening up too many restaurants and clubs too fast what investors need to understand about all industries out there, the importance of constantly innovating, and when to lean into trends that are happening in the industries, how to find branding that works for you and will have longevity, and the most powerful ways to manage teams and egos. When you have hundreds or thousands of employees, it's challenging to manage all the egos and build teams within your business. He talks about how he does that with all of his brands. Excited about this one. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. 
Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. And now, without further ado, let's dive into this episode with the one and only Eugene Rem. What would make this the most impactful thing you've ever done in your life? This conversation. If one kid out there who was similar to me mm-hmm. at 21, 22, got some information that shifted his perspective, and then he went out there and did some cool stuff. When I was 30, I made some money. I put 50K into a basketball foundation in the town I grew up in, in Queens. And I thought I was gonna find a bunch of Russian Jewish kids that wanted to like play basketball and hear about life. And I was super disappointed that none of them gave a darn about life and just wanted to come play basketball and could care less about any information on their growth. And I thought that other 14, 15 year old kids would have questions and opportunities when they met me or or the other people that I brought in to speak with them after the basketball, that they would be into it and they weren't. And I was disappointed initially and I spoke to someone and they said, it's not result driven, it's the process driven. Mm. So as long as your goal was there, if you wanna be just driven by the result, you're gonna be disappointed way more often in life than you're gonna be happy. So focus on the process. So in that scenario, I wasn't able to reach one single person uh, to, to do something successful. So why I go on these things is if I can communicate to young people who are trying to do something, they can take something from this and pivot that that's awesome. So I know I'm not going to have a chance to have one-on-one lunches or dinners with 10,000, 20,000, 30, whatever amount of people. So if any opportunity to share an authentic message with no personal agenda for me, that would make wow. my day. It's great. I love it. We've got Eugene Rem in the house. Very excited about this. Good to see you, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being here. Thank you Um, for having me. I love what we were just talking about because I think in my life, I was so driven by results and goals of needing to achieve my dreams. As an athlete, I wanted to be an All-American, a professional football player, and I achieved those dreams, and I was always disappointed by achieving them. And you were just talking about having this goal of you know, having these kids be impacted and really want to be like hungry for mentorship. Mm. And none of them were. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that it always comes back to the process yeah. in life? Like even when we achieve the goals, I remember being miserable for days, weeks afterwards, being like, I did everything I wanted to do, but I'm still not happy. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter if we achieve it or not. It should always be focused on the impact, the process, what we learn in the process, and how we help people. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, 
I educate through storytelling. So yeah. for me, it's you can give a statement like, hey, enjoy the process. <laughs> and people are like, cool. Yeah. But for but me, I really want this thing. I really yeah. want this thing. So, so for me, I could, I could simply say that every time I look back on a successful moment, the moment where something sells or something happens is the most uneventful part of the entire process. So like raising all the money or right. selling the company. The whole or... thing, the day-to-day journey. So I remember sitting with someone and I own two nightclubs and, and they said, what do you want next? And I said, three nightclubs. And he goes, and then what? Four nightclubs. He goes, and then what? He goes, a restaurant. He goes, and then what? A hotel. And then what? And then you start thinking like, oh my God, I don't even know what I really want and I always compare it to the way we make fun of dogs when they chase their tail. Mm. They spin and spin and spin, then they get dizzy and then they flop. And I feel a lot of times people are just chasing a tail, they never catch it, and then they just flop. And even if they do catch it, then what? They just sit there. So I think sometimes you're wasting a ton of energy on the goal. And I can tell you at certain moments where you hit financial success, I thought something was gonna change, right? And nothing changed. So if you think that your happiness is based off of financial success, and by the way, what a wonderful thing to put in front of people because say, when you make a lot of money, you will be happy because most people will not make a lot of money. So then they can go on that journey for their whole life and never reach their goal, which is kind of fun because then the process is there for them. So no one's really crying for people who are super successful or, or, or wealthy or doing the best at what they do, but they should have a little bit of empathy because when they keep achieving things, they realize that it's not enough. So it's really, really important to think that money is dangerous and the idea that getting it is going to fix Mm -hmm. life's problems and the world's problems, it's so not true. But most people are like, yeah, right, you say that because you have it and they don't, so they won't be able to really understand, but that's just a fact. I think Jim Carrey said something like, I, I wish everyone becomes rich and famous one day so they can realize it's not the key to happiness or something like that. Absolutely. Where it's not going to solve all your problems. Look, I, I think I compare it to when you're in an airplane and they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first so that you can help other people. I do think money is energy and energy is oxygen. So I do think it's important to like yeah. have enough money where you are, feel safe. Like I will admit that I can sit here very comfortably talking about how I want to create relationships in my business, how I want to grow our teammates because financially we are doing well as a business. And if I didn't have that financial security as a business, it'd be much harder to sell this in to myself and to others. So I do think there's something about a level of a platform that money can give you so that you could take that next step. But by no means is is it a pill or a silver bullet to any sort yeah, of happiness. it might give you a sense of uh, peace around safety, but there might be a lot of other emotional challenges you're faced with. I think people with money have a weight of responsibility that people that don't have money will never face. And that can cause a lot of stress and anxiety in itself. Now, I'm not saying like poor people that have money uh, and they have so many problems, but I know a lot of people with money, I'm sure you do too, yeah. who aren't happy, who are struggling more than anyone, it seems like. I was making... in 2005, I was working for a gentleman named Steve Hansen. I was running one of his uh, 30 stores. And every night, people would come in, and they were incredibly wealthy. And it was the first time I saw wealth because there was no Instagram. So when I was growing up- You saw like- Yeah, you saw stuff. The cash coming out, the bottle buying stuff. That's right. So you know, when I was growing up and someone said, oh, I'm going away on a ski trip for vacation, I didn't know what that meant. 
I only saw the little tag on their jacket right, right. and I knew they went skiing, but I don't even know what that meant. Yeah. So I didn't understand that they were, they had means to go skiing and where they stayed and, and all that sort of stuff. So I just thought like I went to the Poconos and stayed in a hut and they went to Florida. There was probably a hut in Florida. I didn't realize that there were different layers of it. So you don't know that growing up. In 2004 and 2005, you start meeting these really successful people. And at first you're enamored with their ability, with their title, and then they are kind to you because you are the key holder to their fun. So they, they communicate with you and share with you. And then you, with time, you find out that most of them have just as many problems as your buddies from college right. that have just as many issues. And you would think that they are unstoppable and completely secure with their wealth, but they're not. So being in that industry and seeing all these successful people and understanding that they are no different other than this outer layer that they show to the world, that, that was really interesting to me because that's the first time you really understood what wealth did. It was this thing you heard about. Mm -hmm. So again, when you hear about it and you never accomplish it, you just think, when I get there, I'll be really happy. So let's right. spend my entire life- Getting there, trying to get there. Trying to get there. And that's, that's kind of a scam. And I think that needs to be flipped on its head and people need to really focus on- That's true, man. On doing things that make them happy. I think, uh, you know, if you're financially rich, but you're spiritually, emotionally, relationship poor, you're just like trapped, you're dead. Yeah. You're gonna feel exhausted, you're gonna feel lonely, you're gonna feel sad, resentful, angry, all those things. Money's a sugar rush. Yeah. It's an immediate high with a very, very, very long That low. sugar tastes good That's for a right. second. One second. So I, I really, I really believe that. Like, you, in your twenties, when you're starting out, you try to, you can take as much sugar as possible, and you're willing to give up what I'll call the broccoli. Yeah. Great in fiber, great in minerals, really healthy for you. Really, like, really will give you long-term energy. Doesn't taste like sugar, but that's the process that will make. That's the food that will actually make you feel great. And people that are driven by the sugar, they're going to burn out and they're gonna need a lot more sugar to be one, one bit of happy. Energy, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like in the beginning, one cup of coffee, you're flying, right? Then you need four or five to get that same result. So that's what I find that successful people do with, successful, when I say successful, I mean financially successful. Yeah, yeah. They need more coffee. Mm -hmm. So they need, they make a million, then they need 10, and then they make 10, and then they need 50, and then they need 50, they make 100 to try to reach that same thing that that first cup of coffee did for them in the beginning. So what's the difference between, okay, you've got one restaurant and now you wanna have multiple restaurants and you've got another business with gym and now you wanna have scale it to 20 yeah. gyms, like why not just stick with one each? It's a very good question. Why do we need more? <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. No, 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 I, I think about it often and I think about what life was like when we had, when Mark and I had one nightclub and we lived in a cool apartment three blocks from the club and I think it's, I think it's growth and I think it's evolving, and I think it's opportunity to grow other people. Because at the end of the day, if you're not in service to others, you will be incredibly lonely. That's true, that's and, true. And um, I really feel that if you're given a platform to create things that more people can enjoy, that it can employ more people, that can then make them enjoy things mm. and do more things, like that's exciting to me. So at 25 or at 30, one club would have been enough. But that's not enough if you want to grow. But it's really important to know what your limit is. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, you know, I, I've gone through it several times where I think my limit is this. I push it, and then the world slaps me back. Mm -hmm. So how did that happen? I mean, look, we had we went from one venue 
Tenjun, Tenjun. which was the hottest nightclub in 2006. New York and the country. It was it was certainly something special, and it was something we certainly weren't expecting. The Every idea. celebrity, all the models, all the important people came, Look, right? Day one was Kanye West, Jay-Z, Penelope Cruz. Our first birthday party, Mark and I are both born on the 10th of June, so we called it Tenjun. Because we really wanted to That's make sure cool. everybody knew it was ours. Um, <laughs> no ego involved at all. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, of course not. But and I think it's okay at twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, like course. you want to, you want to make a name for yourself. And there's no. That's why I say like when people say like, oh, what's the keys to success? I was like, I have what has been successful to me and what has failed to me, and I'll share that. And I think everyone has their own different version. I think there are times to be, to have ego and to be positive about who you are. And then there's times to pull it back. There's no one strategy. I think at 28, 29, to make it about yourself, because it was about us, and we were driving it. So that went to one, and fast forward to 14. 14 nightclubs. And restaurants. And restaurants. Yes. Atlantic City, um, Miami, New York, New Jersey, all of it. And we had to go back down to three. So you went to 14, is that what you said? And 14 what happened when they could go down to we, we got slapped in the face. We, we thought it would be great to just continue to do it the way we did it and grow it. And that's where you have to learn about structure and strategy. Operations. Operations yeah. and stuff where it's not just a sizzle and you need the substance. So now in 2019, it's structure and culture. Mm. And we're in a seesaw in our business on how to balance the culture, which is the fun, because we're in the business of fun. And that's the challenging thing about the business of fun. It can be really fun, but you better find the structure to it. And if you're all structure, you're boring. You're boring, and then you're a widget company, and then people won't come to your restaurants or your gyms or anything like that. So we went through this process of 14. The world told us that the way we did it was wrong, and it snapped us back down. But that was the best thing that ever happened to us because it allowed us an opportunity to retreat, reset. Mm refocus. Mm-hmm. Probably get some coaching and mentors from people yeah, that have done it Yeah, absolutely. Look, it was a, because, again, going from 1 to 14, who's going to tell you you're wrong when everything you do is right? It's working. It's working. So, and that's important, too, because if you came to me right now and said, I'd like to open up a restaurant, I said, I'm going to say, you're going to fail. You're like, well, you didn't even tell me the idea. And I'm going to say, I'm 95% right. Just because you say you want to open up a restaurant, it's going to fail. Yeah. So you really want to make sure in the beginning, you do listen to that 5%. Mm -hmm. We're like, yeah, I get that most are gonna fail, but that's not this. This is gonna be different. And you need that to be successful in the beginning. But after a while, you have to start understanding that I should probably start listening to a few more people because we know how this story ends. Just like every athlete that makes $150 million and burns it all, how is that possible? Their whole life, since they've been five years old, they're the best at what they do. They're the best kid in their middle school, they're the best kid in their high school, they're the best kid in their college. Why would they ever think it's gonna end? Yeah, their talent's never gonna run out. Absolutely, why would they think it would ever gonna end? And, And you can understand it now, and even I can understand it now. You get caught up and that's when you slap back, that's when you reset, and with that reset, we found this diamond. The diamond is catch. Mm. And it wasn't 4 a.m. nightclubs seven days a week, it wasn't multi-concepts, Mexican food and this, and it wasn't multi-city, it was catch. And in that, New York. In New York City. And that property was reshaped, and it was led by great food, great service, great vibe. 
and that was put into place. Mm. And our basic core principles of running the business, take care of the staff, staff will take care of the guests, guests will take care of the bills. Mm. In the past, it was, I need money, so I'm gonna take care of you, the guest, and staff, you better work because you're making money too. So I had it backwards. Mm. And I take full responsibility for that. And in the past, that was the other thing. I blamed other people. I blamed employees that worked for us. I blamed developers and partners and other, other people. But quite honestly, I, I made the decision to hire all those people. So as soon as you take accountability and responsibility for your failures, and yes, other people may not have executed, but you hire them. Mm-hmm. You decide to put them in that position. You chose not to pivot earlier, you chose to go down the path. You didn't instruct and inspect. You kept them on for a year, two years, yeah. and hoping they'd change, yeah. And hope is not a strategy. Yeah. And, and that, that's a big one. Hope is not a strategy. I hope this works. That's not a strategy. <laughs> that is almost just blind faith. And you know, occasionally blind faith works, but I think if you're trying to be successful in a percentage game, you need more than blind faith. Yeah. Um, so 14 to two, focus on catch, Expand to Los Angeles. Understand that. Did the nightclubs, sorry, did the nightclubs stop then? Yeah. You said we're done with the nightclub business. Well, it wasn't wasn't one moment where 12 places closed, but, you know, Tenjun was in its eighth year, stopped being successful. We gave it back to our partners who own SDK upstairs. Uh Abe and Arthur's had run its course. The club below it has run its course. Atlantic City, which was a $2.4 billion casino, where we were doing incredibly well, the casino went bankrupt. Wow. It went bankrupt. So these are things like, you you couldn't write this in a story, but it happens. Miami, the project didn't work. So here you are, we did this project on the Lower East Side called the Finale and the General, 22,000 square feet, and we're supposed to open, and then Hurricane Sandy hits. Oh man. So we go about one and a half million dollars on overages to get it open is not successful, is not soundproof. The, the concept wasn't proven, the neighborhood wasn't proven, and we're in $12 million. Oh. Bye. Oh. Yeah. What do you do about that when you're down 12 mil? You, your own money or investor's money or? Both. Oh man. Both, I mean, you have to have honest conversations. You have to accept that the process wasn't executed and there's many reasons for it. And wow. you have to figure out how to pivot and move on. How do you handle those relationships when I've never taken investors in my brands? I've had a lot of different offers Mm -hmm. and I've always been timid. I never feel like I needed it yet, but um, how do you deal with that when concepts may pay dividends to these investors for a while, but then a 12 million loss and they're out and you can't really do anything about it. How do you have that conversation? And is that relationship done forever? Do they? One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Oh, back you again. I'll tell you this, as an investor myself, when I give anyone money in anything like a restaurant or a nightclub or anything along those lines, I basically take the money, hand it to you, and in my head I expect to throw it in the toilet. Gone, yeah. And anyone who invests in some of these industries, even these venture capital guys. Especially a restaurant, right? Or so, any, actually, yeah. a, a today, anything. Yeah. If you want to invest in a tech startup, if you want to invest in an app, it's right, gone. Yeah. you better hope, you better just assume that your money goes into the garbage. So I think everyone comes into it with eyes wide open. And they were definitely, investors at that time were definitely older than me and definitely had more experience than me. Again, I'm in my late 20s, early 30s, no financial background when I did these things. Now, with real partners, mm -hmm. with real capital, we run it different. So the conversations today are super easy. Here's our risk tolerance, here's our P&L, here's how much it's gonna cost to build, and here's what we think we're gonna do. Here's your low case scenario, here's your base case scenario, here's your high case scenario. And yes, there is always a shot- you Lose it all. Of, of losing it all, and anyone knows that. So I think at the time, Honesty is just really what you do, but it's, it, the biggest challenge wasn't the conversation with investors. The biggest challenge was swallowing of your own pride. Ego pride. Yeah, yeah. because you believe you're the best. So, so I think honestly, most people were super understanding and understood what they, what they got involved in, and that's part of that game. But I think in general, partnerships are challenging, investors are challenging, so pick really good ones. Wisely. And don't go into businesses unless you are 100% sure. And I use this line a lot. You have to be 100% positive to have a 50% shot. Wow, interesting. Like, so don't go in like, I think this is gonna work. In anything. Wow. In anything. Say I, it again. I, you have to be 100% positive to have a 50% chance. Okay. So we're in the middle of opening up a restaurant right now. We've hired 16 front of house managers, 24 back of house managers. Yep. And when we interview them, Openings are challenging. There is no system in place. It's not a spoke on a wheel. There's not structure. It, we're winging it. We're building it. It's a six, seven day a week. This company is really about work-life balance, but not for those first 90 no, days. No, no, no. So I say to a manager, because sometimes managers who've been through an opening or are concerned about an opening are like, oh, you know, my work-life balance, 
my, my family, and I say, I want you to be 100% sure that you want to be part of this opening because that's the only way you have a 50% shot of making it through this opening. <laughs> so if you are not... If you're wishy-washy. Yeah, if you are not... Now, you can be... You can have a little bit of nerves. Doubt. Doubt. Like, Insecurity, yeah. like, 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 You can be all in, though. You gotta be like, I'm going for it, right? And I actually think that goes for anything in 2019. Oh, wow. People smell... Relationships. Yeah. Intimate partners. Absolutely. Businesses. Yeah, look, everything is challenging. Owning a dog is challenging. So hard. You better love your dog. (laughs) Because when it poops on the floor, you're not going to be happy unless you really love the dog. And and when it's 11 p.m. and the dog doesn't want to pee and you're outside and you're freezing (laughs) and you're like, why am I out here in 24 degree weather? You better be 100% loving of that dog to have a 50% shot of being like accepting that situation. So I really think that in general, you gotta have that attitude. You have to be a 100% believer. So in the beginning, you play craps, right? You throw a bunch of stuff on a bunch of thing and see what hits. But as you get a little bit older, like, and Tillman Fertitta, our, our business partner in Landry's, he, he, um, he always says, you know, pick carefully. Make your decisions, pick things that are smart, pick things one by one. Don't just spray it all out there and do a bunch of stuff, just pick the things, and then also be conscious of your time. Mm. If this one project can generate 10 times the revenue of these 10 small projects, what is your time worth? Right. So we do big box restaurants, and always I want to do like, I'll go to like a Chick-fil-A, and I'm like, oh, I could do this better. Or I go to like a a small 12-seat omakase, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to do a 12-seat omakase. Then you're like, wait, it's the same effort to do a 12-seat restaurant as it is to do a 300-seat restaurant. So Mark Tillman and I are always of the, of the mindset that if you're gonna put in the time, go big. Wow. And again, someone who owns a 12-seat omakase restaurant should really think it, look at themselves and be like, am I a 200-seat restaurant guy? Yeah. Or am I a 12-seat guy? And that's okay. And why, am I do, why do I wanna do a 200-seat restaurant versus a 12-seat restaurant? I like blockbuster movies. I have no interest in making independent hits. Ah, interesting. So for me, I want to make movies that reach as many people as possible. Yeah. Not just for financial gain, because it also allows me to hire talented managers, because I'm not looking at a P&L dollar by dollar, where a small restaurant has to really focus on the nuances of the details. And I want to make hits. Yeah. I want to reach people who travel from New Jersey and Connecticut. I want to reach New Yorkers who live locally. I want to reach them all. I have no interest in just like doing this really needle-type mm. restaurant that focuses yeah. on just a specific demographic. I'm trying to connect large groups of people of all different ages, all different demographics, and put them in the same room, because that's what I like. Yeah, yeah. Trying to make the maximum impact. And exactly, and I also, I live four blocks from the majority of our of, of our businesses. Mark, my business partner, he lives here in the West Coast, and he breathes Catch LA, and he breathes this this vibe here, and, and I do the same for New York. So it, it translates to our properties. It's amazing. What was the moment you had the biggest ego slap? Where you, were, you thought you were the man, like, man, everyone wants to be a part of this. Everyone loves me. Everyone's showing up. They're, 
throwing money left and right, and then the big wake wake up call. I think it was during during the closing that that probably twelve month process where those properties were closing. I remember twelve of them in twelve months. I mean, like, some some of them, some of the twelve were like three in one building. So oh, right, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm by name, but it was really like four projects. Wow, um, it it's kind of hurt. Just like every couple months, boom, another one. Yeah, yeah but it, it hurts, but it feels really good once it's done. Free, free, and. and like most things in life, the idea of doing it is much harder than actually doing it. The buildup to telling someone you want to break up with them is way worse than the breaking up with the six months of agony of what am I going to tell this person about this, that, that is way worse than actually doing it. Because if you're doing it from a place of love and a place of honesty, it is what it is, but it's the buildup. So honestly, mm. the buildup was the hardest part and not knowing how to do it, how to was, unwind it all. How to unwind it was a challenge, but after it, it felt great. It felt great. It didn't feel great to downgrade your office. It didn't feel great to have to let go of people that were super close to you. It didn't feel great to do those type of things, but it certainly felt great to get back out of a big corner office and move your desk to the middle of the office. Surround, it felt great to sign every check over $200 again. Mm. It felt great to reconnect with every single host, server, bartender, wow. as opposed to not even knowing their names or where they're from because we had so many. Yeah. So having that, those principles. So that was super challenging. And I remember sitting with five friends, my best friends from college, and we take a, we'd take a ski trip every year. And we were sitting. Poconos? Now, no, 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 no more Poconos. <laughs> nice ski trip. Now. I actually now now we go to ski trips. We go west. I actually yeah. don't know what East Coast skiing is, yeah. and I hear it's icy. It's it's not good. Um, I only started to ski when I was thirty two. But um, I remember we were sitting there, and we all said, "What would you like to change in this upcoming year?" Just in a conversation, and everyone answered, and it came to me, and I said, "I think I'm doing everything right. I think I got it all handled." Wow. I think I'm, I'm working on my business. I'm working on my health. I'm working on my spirituality. I'm working on my relationship. I'm just great. And I came home from that trip, and I think literally there was a light switch of just that's when every challenge started coming. Wow. So I think it, it's almost comical that what your ego will allow you to believe versus the reality Mm. that sets in and I think ever since then I'm just more I'm much more cautious and much more checks and balances I had no checks and balances to feel that way it was just a feeling and that's a challenge between gut and data right like I'm a big gut I'm a big gut guy but you better have like that's like that's like um if you can run a five minute mile but I can run a 10 minute mile but I got gps of where we're going to but you're running in a circle. Mm. So you may be more of an athlete than me, but without that GPS, right. you don't know where we're gonna reach that mile point. So I think data, as I've gotten into my late 30s and now in my 40s, using data to support my gut is the best balance of both. And any one in any extreme is a terrible way to do business. Mm -hmm. it, it will work once in a while, but if you wanna keep, if you want a good, Batting average, right? It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. That's true, man. You got to know the data of like, okay, this pitcher's 
usually throws a fastball in the That's first right. pitch. 70% chance he's going to throw a fastball. This, but you got to know the timing, the situation, and have just like natural intuition as well. That's of, like, right. When do you swing the bat? That's right. When we open Rumble. Um, 2016? 2017 January. Yeah. So we're two, two and, and, and a half, half years. Two and a half years. We have seven open. It's crazy, man. So fast. It was never part of the plan. And look, growth comes with its own challenges and its own excitement. So to grow is awesome and every person's into it. And then it comes with its own learning curve. But if you did one a year, less learning curve, but less growth and less opportunity. And less, less stress. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, I think it's, it's, it's a balancing act of finding it. But we opened that in 2017 and it wasn't like, oh, I think boxing's gonna work and I think group fitness is a good business, so let's go do it. We had we knew what every other group fitness concept was doing within a one mile square radius. You knew their numbers. We knew their we knew some basic numbers of what people do. We were able to figure that out, and most people could. We knew what it would cost to build. We knew what it would what we what on a low case scenario, base case scenario, and high case scenario, it would cost to return the capital. And that's how you go into. And then you still got to feel like I'm going to kill this thing, and these numbers won't matter because we're going to. Promote the crap out of this. We're going to destroy these numbers. That's right. I got great people. These amazing trainers are so much better. But you still, it's like, I think there are three parts, right? There's an amazing team. There's capital. And there's timing. Mm. And there are great teams that have failed at projects. Mm -hmm. Howard Schultz, one of the best people in the world, he has not always been successful. But we know he's an amazing leader. And we know he has amazing capital. Right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's timing or the idea. But I think you need all three to be successful. But most importantly to me, in my opinion, is timing. Mm. So we opened that nightclub in 2006. By the way, economy on fire. Everyone is making a ton of money. I just walked in. We would walk in on Tuesday night. We would do $60,000 on a Tuesday. And we'd have crazy celebrities. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is what it is. Every day. This is, and again, I'm 28. I don't know any differently. So, oh, I guess guys buy buildings and sell buildings and make $100 million all the time. I didn't then realize that they were like, it was a propped economy by like mortgage and like crappy mortgages. So mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that. So that club opens in 2008. I don't know if I have an opportunity to be sitting here with you. Mm. I don't know that we have the Catch Hospitality Company and and all these amazing people. I don't know that I even get an attempt to do Rumble because then I just fail at a nightclub and then I go work for somebody. Yeah, that's it. And that's a, and that and then then I got a house in the suburbs and I'm you know I'm, I'm doing that thing. Right. Probably don't have tattoos. Probably don't do any of these things. Probably don't get to hang out here in LA. So timing. And in 2017, group fitness hit its peak and social media really hit its peak. Crushing. Stories has just come out. Instagram just starts doing paid posts and we have this hot new thing. So I always find that like celebrity and trend, it's either gasoline or water. If the product is good, all of these factors make it gasoline and make it explode. If you have celebrity and you have hype and you're, you know, my friend likes to call it born famous as a business. Uh-huh. If you don't back it up the with product a quality, sucks. Yeah. Product, it's water. Yeah. So your flame puts it out. That's right. And there's no time to build it or pivot it. Wow. So what was great in 217 is now super challenging in 19 because now everyone has mimicked what we've done in branding at with like the cool group fitness yeah, class. Yeah, and like and the, it's like, all right, oh look, 
you want to do a boxing photo shoot with attractive people in a warehouse. And, and all right, got it. So what we have to do in those situations is pivot and counter program. So recently, another business started doing warehouse photos with, with attractive people in a boxing gym. And I, and I, I saw it and I forwarded to my, um, our, our marketing team and I said, remove every image on our social that connects to this sort of thing. We did it and it was awesome, but now that's it. Now you gotta innovate. Back to the avocado toast, Yeah. right? Right, right. When avocado toast became popular, everyone took a picture of avocado toast. They put the egg on top of it, they cut the egg, it oozed, it was great. You have no interest in seeing another avocado toast on anyone's social media. So there's times to lean into the trend, there's times to completely go against the trend. Mm. So we leaned into it in 2017. Same with Catch. There were many nights where Mark and I would sit at Catch like, I wish people can see what's going on here right now. Mm. The Rangers, the Knicks, uh, the Knicks were playing the Lakers and the Lakers were there and Celebrity X, Y, and Z is there. I wish people can see it and they couldn't. And then all of a sudden social media comes out and they could. Right. When, when, when Drake performed at 10 June in 2010, when we just handed him a bottle of Grey Goose, There's no, no social one knew. media. Nobody knew. So it was cool, but I have no, you have to be there. Yeah. So you can lean into that with the restaurant and the fitness business now because people who are there, if they choose to be seen, you could tell the whole world. So you don't need to be there. But now everyone's got an Instagrammable wall or experience. Yeah. That everyone takes photos in front of at every gym. That's right. And I, and I think we were really big on that in the beginning. And that is something that I think set us apart. But you could put anything somewhere. But the connectivity to that image still has to be backed by the brand. Product, yeah. That's right. So it's not that people were like, oh, if that moment was at a bad gym, I don't think anyone takes a photo in right, front of it because right, right. it's not, it's an entire package. They don't care. It's not one or the other. It's not like, so like if, if Coca-Cola calls me right now, like, hey, we got to make this product really cool. Can you just give us one, one of your designs that you did at Rumble and we'll just take a picture of it? I was like, no, 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 no. First, you got to move back 10 steps. Coca-Cola, you have to be cool. Mm. You have, like, there's 25 things for that person to take that photo in front of that. Yeah. So like I said, you lean into that, right? Everyone did it. And now, uh-oh, that's not working anymore. So when we're thinking about our design for the Rumbles 2020, 2021. New studios. New studios. I'm, I'm scrapping it back to simplicity. Really? That's right. With all the gyms or just with the new ones? With the new ones. And it doesn't mean that we won't have Instagrammable moments because I still think people uh-huh. want to show what they do. And I think our product is unique in the way that they will want to show something. But it's not going to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we put Basquiat's up in the first couple of studios. Yeah. Not real ones, obviously, can't afford that. But I thought it was cool, and I had no really reason for it. I was just like, you know, I really love this artist, and people don't really get to see it, so why don't we just put up a print of it, mm-hmm. a really good print, and let people take photos of it, and that was done. But now it's done. Yeah. So that's the challenge. You need to stay constantly relevant, constantly evolving, and sometimes you just have to take risks. I always, I always use the analogy of like a basketball game, right? Teams up by 20, they stop shooting. They just try to run the clock out to get to the 24 defense, seconds. They yeah. play defense to get through the end of the game. And that's where the other team goes on a run. I don't want anyone else to go on a run. So at catch, constantly innovating with the food, constantly innovating with the design, constantly innovating with our social media. So our social media campaign and our marketing campaign, we have no 
care for critics. Mm. We're opening Catch Steak in September. I gotta try it out, man. Yeah. In New York, right? Not in LA? In New York. Lighter, brighter, fresher take on steaks, smaller portions, mm. shareable. A really unique experience on steak where it doesn't just like, you get the filet, I get the strip, here's our side of potatoes. Everything comes as it's ready, so it's fresh. Mm. Taking out a lot of the like lard and everything like that, so super lean cuts, but premium cuts, so every bite has an amazing flavor. Wow. I'm sure a lot of people have asked you, is like, why does a nightclub restaurant guy think he can start fitness? Right. Why? And be successful and... Because that's that 5%. And that's that 5% where we were, I was working for a gentleman who owned 20 restaurants and nightclubs. And I was able to spend enough time to see his organization. And then I said, I think I can do that. Maybe a bit arrogantly, maybe a bit naive, but we did it. And... Then when we opened up that first nightclub, there was a restaurant above us. Mm-hmm. And we got to watch how they operated that restaurant. And Mark and I looked at ourselves and said, I think we can do that. Because we got to see it. So we did have some data. Mm-hmm. We were able to see what they do on a day-to-day basis. And then so they say, well, why, would you, why didn't you open up a 60-seat restaurant for your first one? But we opened up a 350-seat restaurant <laughs> for our first one. So, and then that was successful. So why wouldn't you think you can do it? And... In 2016, I barely drink anymore. I, I don't go out late at night. I wanted to do something in fitness. And I, was, I, I train all the time and I really enjoy it, every aspect of it, but I still couldn't find that thing for me. And I enjoy a soul cycle class, but spitting isn't my yeah. personal preference. But I enjoy it once in a while, but I was trying to find that thing that I can do. And I was going to the gym, but boxing became something I really loved. And the idea that I couldn't find a boxing version of something that I love to do in a group setting with like-minded people, mm-hmm. to find a white space in New York City is really, Challenge. really hard. There's nothing. Everyone's okay. thought of Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people 
for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Something that's right. doing it, trying it. You can get anything you want in New York City at any anything. hour of the day. At 3 a.m., there's a place that serves burritos any and they're great. Food. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Burritos with ice cream or chicken or anything. whatever it is. Yeah. There is never a moment that something can't happen in New York City. So when you find that, and that's actually what happened with our restaurants. We wanted to go to a restaurant that was shareable, that played hip hop, mm. that wasn't white cloth, that wasn't classical restaurant where we can see the people who were going to a nightclub before they went to a nightclub. We couldn't find it, so we did it. We wanted to open up our first nightclub because we thought that people weren't as kind to people when they walked into nightclubs and that they weren't giving the proper service. We wanted to play the music we wanted to play. We wanted to invite the friends that we wanted to invite. We wanted to have control over that. So we did it. Yeah. And, and that's really what happened with fitness was the, the, the team that came up with the idea together, we cumulatively thought there's a white space here. Our partner's great at scale, another partner, tech, and me with, with, with the nightlife restaurant experience came together. Another partner that came from five years of group fitness experience as, as the leading instructor, Noah Neiman, at Barry's Boot Camp. And he was a beast. And he happened to be a kid who went to the same school as me. He probably was one of the only kids I knew in group fitness. Wow. <laughs> right? So I Timing. Call, timing yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's where, where, that's where you can't put it in a piano. It's the magic. That's right. And, and it happened to be when Instagram started. And it, it was three years sooner, maybe it wouldn't have worked. Most importantly, I only knew it because I followed him on Instagram and he started posting videos of him boxing. Uh, the trainer. The trainer, Noah, who's our partner. That's when you were like, oh, this guy's amazing. This guy's amazing. I know him from Barry's, but he boxes. So I sent him a text. Hey, if you know anyone in group fitness who really loves boxing, that is looking to make a move into becoming a partner into this new business, not you, of course, but anybody else, please let me know. And, and, that's where, and, and that's where the conversation started from, but that doesn't happen without social media. Right. Wow, man, this is crazy. And, th and then that, it all came about, and then the first one on 23rd Street, similar to the story on 2006, 10 June, the timing, the location, and everything hit at the same time. And then obviously, celebrity relationships that, that build it, and there you go. How do you, I mean, how do you, I think I read you have, uh, what, Sylvester Stallone, Bieber, Blake Mikoski, you've got Scooter Braun, like even probably more investors. Mm -hmm. How do you, one, attract those investors? And these are a lot people with a lot of big egos, a lot of big successes who are saying, you know what, I deserve 30%, mm -hmm. 10%, whatever it is. How do you divvy it up all the investment and still make it worth it for you with four partners, tons of investors? No. Everyone thinks that they're responsible for the amount of clients it's getting or the success, the promotion. How do you manage all the ego and energy of that all? You manage everyone else's ego by controlling your own. So you start by saying that this doesn't happen because of me. Mm. And then you, and then for me personally, Eugene Rem says, I can't do this by myself. Without this team. Without this team. I'm, I'm a team guy. I'm, I do not like doing businesses by myself. I love my partnership with Mark and Tillman. I love my partnership with the Rumble founders. I love my investment community from from Equinox and Harvey Spivak and Scooter and Blake and, and all of the other celebrities. So to manage everyone else's ego, you must not have one. 
And for me, that's super important. So to me, I remember as Tommy Hilfiger told, said it one day at a speech, he said, I'd rather be a small piece of an elephant than a large piece of a pea. And I'm interested in doing big things, but I certainly know that I do not have the skill set to do all aspects of this business. So that's the first thing you need to do. The second thing you need to do is treat everyone equally. So everyone involved is an equal participant and everyone's money is the same and everyone's, everyone's belief is the same. So No matter how much they put in. Yeah, everyone's treated the same. Yeah. And no one's responsible to say, I love Rumble, here's 10 bucks, now say it again and say it again. Yeah. So that's the other thing with our social media. We have never done a paid pay to play in our entire life. I have never paid a human being to walk into Catch and say, have dinner and post about it. We have never paid a single human being to walk into Rumble and say, I'll give you $5,000 for this post, never. But what we do- Will you comp like meals or classes or- Yeah, something? yeah, we'll do, but, but we would do that, I would do that to you, I would do that to friends because that's that helps and adds value to everyone else's experience. So that's part of the business model. But yeah, as yeah. far as a pay to play thing, we don't do that. So I think it's really important that everyone gets treated the same and then for me, it's they have it's not one thing like, oh, I know a lot of people. A lot of people know a lot of people. So you have to know a lot of people. You have to have an, a great track record mm-hmm. or, or at least a track record where you've been honest throughout the whole way where people want to do business to, to you. So great product, an honest track record. And then you really just got to make sure that they love it. Mm. Because if they love it, they're down to do it much more. And then you have to make a decision. He or she wants to do it for the right reasons down to have them. But if someone's trying to get more or less or think they're more important, no one is more important than the whole. Yeah. Rumble Boxing is the brand. That is the important product. The team and the people who work at Rumble Boxing are the most important thing. Yeah. At Catch, Eugene Rem, Mark Birnbaum, Tillman Fertitta is not the priority for Catch. It is the brand, it is the food, it is the services, the vibe. And if last night it's, it's Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan, they're important, but no one individual makes it. We did 785 covers last night on a Wednesday. Everyone enjoyed seeing Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan. Covers? What do you mean covers? People. People people in the room. Um, Sorry. At the restaurant? Yeah. 700 people. 755 people. In LA or in New York? In LA. Because I was here last night. Uh, We're in Los Angeles. So those six gentlemen had a great experience. Right. But if we just focus on them, the other 700 plus, that's a miss. So I think the best way to get all of this to work is Make sure that everyone is handled. And there are people with way more relationships than I do, way more people in their cell phone than I ever have. And there are many, many businesses that start with celebrity that are complete and total failures. Fail big time. I mean, in fact, I think if you did a case study on it, I think it would be probably nine to nine to one, 10 to one of successful business started with celebrities versus uh, those that don't. For everyone, Why is that? Well, because for everyone, Randy Gerber and George Clooney who absolutely love their product and create Casa Amigos, there's 999 who are inauthentic to the brand. Just want to make money, want right. to be cool. Or, or maybe they are authentic to the brand, but don't have the, the business practices involved or don't have the timing. Or, or don't the have, partners. Or the partners. Yeah. So they, maybe they don't have the capital, maybe they don't have the team, and maybe they don't have the timing. So for every time someone refers to Casa Amigos, which I really just enjoy, oh, the billion dollar business, amazing. Randy Gerber, who I, who I used to work for, has loved tequila since the day I met him when I was 24 years old. Wow. He, he knows this business and they both enjoy their product. Mike Melman as well. So that's why everything had to work. They had, they're authentic 
they're backed financially. They probably ran a great business and they also had all those relationships. So it's never one thing. So someone's listening to this, looking for a silver bullet for success. It doesn't exist because if there was one, everyone would just mimic it. And as soon as they mimic it, it will change. Yeah, you got to reinvent. No, yeah, 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 you're no longer unique. So how important have relationships been for you over the last, I guess, 15 years since you started 10 June and have been in the business? Have you cultivated these relationships consistently for 15 years? Have you burned a lot of relationships from certain things? Um, I think I'm a relationship guy. I work really hard on relationship. I try to put relationship before dollars mm. in almost everything I do, which is why I love having partners. So to me, and, and this isn't the case in any of my business, but if I did 90% of the work and you did 10 and we were co-partners, I wouldn't care splitting it 50-50 with you because the end result is I want an A. Yeah. Because to me, that 10% that you do might be really special and allow us to create this 1% product. So I don't really have an, an issue with that. So my relationships are a priority to me. I, I, I care about friendships. I care about relationships. I hope I haven't burned any relationships. I'm sure everyone has burned a relationship. I, I, I would never want to. And sometimes though, you have to look at someone in the say, like what you're asking for is unreasonable. Yeah. I would love to make you happy, but it doesn't work for me. And if that's a burning of a relationship, then that's a burning of a relationship. It's, and I think the better you get in business, you better get some thick skin for some of that. Because burning a relationship and ending a relationship are two very different things. Sometimes things don't work out and people have two extreme different points of view on things. And then it just has to, it just has to end. Yeah. Countries go to war and people willing to die because both of them think they're 100% right. Yeah. So of course there's gonna be difference of opinion and of course you can't maintain every relationship. I think it's how you do it. And as long as you can keep to whatever makes you sleep at night really well, mm -hmm. that's the key. Because there is no amount of money that makes up for a good night's sleep. That's true, man. There is no amount of money for me to wake up this morning. I am not nervous when this ends to go look at my phone and see what's coming in. Yeah. I'm certainly confident that no one, nothing wrong in a, in a big scale is going to happen. Now, $10 more in my bank account is not going to be worth the potential of creating those conflicts. And that's another thing. People need to know their own threshold, their risk tolerance in business, who they are. I'm sensitive. Yeah, me too. I, I know I'm, I'm very sensitive. I know I'm sensitive. And that's a hard thing to say as a man in, in this world today. But I'm generally a sensitive person. And that's also made me really good at taking care of people because I'm sensitive to their wants and needs. So in the restaurants, I'm really, I don't want people waiting that I know. I want them to really enjoy the experience. If they're on a date or if they're with their mother, I would be heartbroken if they sent me an email that said their experience was anything yeah. less than great. So I go a million times over to make sure that that's taken care of. And that's partially due to my being somewhat sensitive to being upsetting people. I don't like to upset people. Yeah. But some, it's, you know, there's a concept <laughs> called bread of shame. It's don't give people bread they don't deserve. It'll come back and hurt you. So that's my line. I want to take care of people, but if I'm paying you and you're not delivering on the service that I'm paying for you, I'm hurting you because you should go do something else. Mm -hmm. And I'm hurting myself because everyone around me is like, you're continuing to pay someone who isn't delivering while I am delivering. Busting my butt here. That's right. So now these people aren't happy. You're not happy and that person's not happy. So that's where you just make the decision where like, hey, you might not be happy that I let you go today, 
but I know it's the right thing for all parties involved because yeah. you need to go find that. How many people have been fired from a job and say it's the best thing that ever happened to them because then they found yeah, the next thing. their next thing? How many people have ended a relationship or a marriage and then two years later find the love of their life and couldn't be happier, but at that time- It's miserable. Yeah, miserable. It's miserable. So they just, people, people gotta play more chess and less checkers. That's true. I'm pretty good at checkers though. Yeah, I'm terrible at checkers. <laughs> chess, and, I'm not good at. <laughs> yeah, and I'm terrible at chess as well, and that's because I don't have the patience, yeah, I know, and man. I don't, and I don't care about the result. But I think in life, yeah, emotional really, chess, yeah. I'm good at. That's right. <laughs> Mental that's right. chess, but not the game. Yeah. You're 41. Is that what yeah. you said? What was the biggest lesson you learned when you were 30 after four, five, six years in the you know mm-hmm. nightclub business, hitting 30? What did you learn about yourself in that decade? The biggest lesson you learn yourself about yourself from 30 to 40. Running the city at 27, 8, 9, the big shot in town, you know, building things. It's, everyone's coming to your club. I know nothing. That was the 30. No, that's what I learned from 30 to 40. I, okay. thought, I thought at 30, I thought I knew everything. Oh, wow. At 40, knowing way more than I did at 30, what I have learned, I know less than ever. Wow. And every year I look back at the, the, the gentleman who I was a year before, and I hope this to be the case till the day that I die, is like, that guy was silly. That guy was an idiot. Because I constantly want to grow and evolve and I want to look at the 42-year-old version of myself and look at the 41-year-old and be like, wow, he didn't know. And I really love the idea that I keep pushing myself personally through business coaches, through mm. personal coaches, through mentorship, through spirituality, through all of these things to constantly evolve. But what I learned at 30 was that at 30, I thought making money was everything and I, made, I had my first exit when I was 29 years old. I had our partnership with Tillman Fertitta when I was 39 years old. And I can tell you wow. that the, the, such a difference in those two experiences of what I felt at those times. At 29, you just feel this. I'm the king. I'm this I'm king a, of a yeah. moment. I'll, I'll never have to work again. I'm just gonna, I could just live off of this for the rest of my life. And boy, was I wrong because when those things did not do well, every dollar that we made went into to, to, to keeping this business afloat. Mm-hmm. And at 39, when we had our experience, I, I learned that it was about relationships. I learned about it was sharing with small groups of people, not bragging about anything, removing all of, at, at 30 years old, we would take pictures of like bottles of we were buying in Cristal. And right. we would take pictures when we were on private planes of other people. We would take pictures of fancy hotel rooms at 39, I have no interest in any of that stuff. I have no interest in showing any of that stuff off. I have no interest in any of that. I just care about building businesses. The business and other people's success is my success. And I try to like really minimize my own personal wants and needs and keep it pretty basic. And how do you manage a thousand people, a thousand employees? From like a you know one nightclub of whatever, mm-hmm. 30 people to now a thousand. I don't manage a thousand people. I probably manage 50. And putting the care, I've always managed 50. Mm. So when we had 10 June, Mark and I managed 50 people. You managed everyone. That's right. Yeah. And when we tried to manage 500 people ourselves, we failed. So the shift there was managing, still managing 50 people. When I say managing, really day to day, maintenance of those, those 50 people, growing them, 
that's how you do it. You just hire amazing and talented people. You have to recruit. You have to constantly evolve. Mm. They don't have to inspire you. You have to inspire them. That's my job. My job is to continue to be inspiring to our operators, to our marketers, to, the, yeah. to our talent, so that they continue to want to work here. So what do I have to do? I have to keep elevating. I have to keep I have creating a better offering financially, but not just financially. I found that financial paying people represents this much. I spend my entire day trying to focus on a work-life balance for myself and my employees. I try to find ways to grow my employees so they can take the, the position of the employee above them so that person can then grow above them. So to ask your question, why do I want to keep growing and not just stay with one nightclub? Because I will create stagnant growth for the people who work with me. Yeah. So at this point, we are creating projects that fit the people that we have. And I tell my team all the time, our team, in both properties, the only thing that slows down our growth is the lack of people that we can put in the position to do it. Mm. So the more of you that become capable to take on bigger roles, the more that we can open. Wow. Because financial, we have the finances and we have the ideas. And we need think, the people that can we need, implement. We need, the impl we need the people because Mark, myself with Catch and our partners at Rumble, we're limited unless people below us, not below us, next to us, want to continue to grow. So if they stay limited, then we can't grow. Yeah. You've got the cap. You've got a tons of investors that would want to yeah, well, help but, fund new sure, ventures. But those ventures have to be successful. Yeah, so you better, as soon as you stop being successful, that capital dries up real quick. That's true. And people jump ship and go on to the next yeah, thing. Yeah. And, and, and that's also important to remember. Be careful of who you think all your friends are because one failure. They're not right. a friend anymore. That's right. Someone told me, you spend your entire 30s building your Rolodex from 50 to 5,000. And then you spend your entire 40s taking your Rolodex back from 5,000 to 50. Really? <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm 36 right now. I'm learning that. So, you know? <laughs> and, and, you re, and what you realize is New York, Los Angeles, the guys at the top stay on the top. And everyone else is just visiting. Mm. You want to be great at a business? Stay in a business. Yeah. Guys who do this for two years and do that for two years and do this for two years, they... They don't stick, but the head of a record label is still the head of a record label, maybe a different one. The guy who runs the hedge fund still runs the hedge fund. The guy who's the best restaurateur 10 years later is doing restaurants. Is still the best restaurateur. It's very, very few people. Who stay there. Who stay there, and there's very even fewer people in 2019 that make it into that group. So in 2006, there was an elite group of nightclub guys, and we were the new kids. And we made it in and we stayed. And it's the same people that are still the elite today. Same people. There's been probably one or two big restaurant groups that have come up with us. Maybe one that I can really think of that's been super popular and has a growth the way we have. One in 10 years, nationally. Crazy. That's how hard, excuse me, that's it's how hard, hard this business is. It's crazy. It's a hard, hard business. What's the regret? you'll have by the time you're 50 if you don't do something? Like what's the thing that you know, like, man, if I don't do this in the next nine years, I'm gonna really regret it. Or if I keep doing this and don't stop doing it, I'm gonna regret it. I don't know. I'm not regretful of anything that I have been doing. Mm. I, I, I find that the biggest challenges have given me the biggest opportunities. Mm. So I'm not sure I regret I don't think I regret anything, and anything I'm 
Like, for example, I'm trying to have a great work-life balance. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't put my iPhone in my room when I go to sleep. That's great. I don't check my phone for the first hour that I'm awake. It's amazing. I do my 20-minute meditation. I drink my one liter of water. Yeah. I work out six days a week. I am unapologetic for the, that hour and a half. So I will not regret starting another business in order to then not have to do those mm -hmm. things. So mm -hmm. I think I'm, I'm trying to accomplish those things. But if I, I will regret if I do not continue to grow, if I do not continue to listen to people, if I start to believe my own BS again, yeah. if I revert. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off this show is sponsored by better help i've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse and up until about 10 or 11 years ago i was afraid to talk about my trauma that i experienced and i know we all carry around different stressors big and small and when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively but therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down and if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. Back to the 26 guy. 26-year-old. Or, yeah. or 26 or 31 or 35-year-old version of myself that that stopped listening to others, that started to believe my own BS. If I revert back to that guy, I will be really disappointed and I will be very regretful that I could not have learned from these opportunities that I had. That would be the biggest regret. If I could go, if I go backwards instead of forwards to that guy or be any other version of myself from the past, I would be really disappointed in yeah. myself. Wow. That, would, that, would be a, that would be a real, uh, a real disappointment. I'm inspired, man. I didn't know uh, what I would learn from you, but I'm really inspired to go to catch more. Yeah, it's got to get you in the Rumble, too. Yeah, when I go to Rumble, it's just right like a mile away, not even. And how can people support you? I've got, a, I've got three questions for you finally, but how can people support you with your endeavors right now? I continue to support what we have. You know, we have, we have catch, we have Rumble. We're opening um, Catch Steak in September in New York City. It's a 15,000 square foot, 450 seat restaurant. Steakhouse, I, th I think steakhouses need to be redone and I think there's a 2020 version of it and we're excited to give it a try to try to hit that. So that's a, that's a big one and a new one for us. We're opening our second concept for Rumble, which is our treading concept, which is half treadmills, half uh, weights and Rumble boxing is half the class boxing and the other half weights. So we're just in boxing, we, we taught you something we didn't think you didn't think you know how to do and we got you to do it. And in treading, we're going to 
in shredding, we're going to make you enjoy something that you do but don't like doing, which is running. Right. So, it's no fun. It's not fun to run. Yeah. But when you have it with an experience, well, look, you and know, a passion and the music yeah. and the lighting, like a Soul Cycle feeling. Look, I, I think Soul Cycle was the king of, of, of group fitness. They're certainly the they're the OGs of this game. They are what inspired me to get into the group fitness, and I think what they've done with cycling. We are really, we were very excited to do with boxing and we're very exciting to do with now with training. So that opens at the end of October and that opens in 23rd Street down the block from Rumble Boxing and also in San Francisco simultaneously in the marina. Well, is it coming so, here to LA too? It is. In the, 2021 we, maybe or 20, We're working, tr- trust me. You're team, trying to find space. and then. The, the team, the one thing I can guarantee that the, the team that we have at Rumble is working hard to get it wherever wherever it makes sense to have. So for me, those are things that are great, but honestly, if if anything here is valuable and in some way can help you use it, and then if anything more importantly, you use it and it works, share it. Yeah. That's that's, And you're on uh, on Instagram, Twitter. What do you spend Uh, time on personally online? I'm on Instagram at my name, just Eugene Rem. Uh, I think I have a Twitter, but I think it just connects, (laughs) I think it just connects to my, my Instagram, but um, yeah, I'm on Instagram, Eugene Ram, and a website uh, too for you personally, or no? No. Okay. No. So Instagram, message you, tag you, all those things. In, Instagrams where I'm at, and uh, you know, I, I take breaks from Instagram now on a regular basis. Smart. I take probably a, you know a week, a month off. But I think I, if people, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen. And I think if people want to learn about branding and culture, go follow Catch Instagram and Rumble because you guys do an amazing job of creating like this experience for people. And I think they can learn a lot in their businesses. Whether you have a small business, or you're a solo entrepreneur, you can learn a lot from what the way you've branded and created a culture. And I think that's really Thank cool. Thank you. Yeah. We work really hard on that. And I, I think we just try to do it authentically. If I were to give any advice to any brander, don't brand the way someone else's brand because you see it working for them. Brand what you would like, what you would enjoy, what you think you're good. If you can be authentic, in 2019, in 2017, unauthenticness worked because it was the first, we were flooded with it in social media. But in 2019, right now, everyone smells everything. Yeah. In 1990, whatever, Pepsi needed to sell things. They put Michael Jackson on a commercial for 30 seconds and everyone, that doesn't work anymore. So find what works for you and make sure you have a point of view. It's amazing. This question is called the three truths. Okay. So imagine it's your last day on earth Mm. many years from now, and you've accomplished everything you want. Mm -hmm. You've created every restaurant, concept, fitness, written the books, whatever you want to do, you've created it. Yep. And you've got no regrets. Yep. Uh, But for whatever reason, you've got to take it all with you. So all the restaurants got to go with you wherever you pass Mm -hmm. on to. And you get to leave behind three things you know to be true about all of your experiences in life that you would share with the world, kind of like your three lessons to humanity. And that's all people would have to remember you by. What would you say are your three lessons or three truths? Oh, wow, this is a, do people pause on this one? Because this, yeah, is, a, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this is a. Whatever is off the top of your mind right now. You know, it doesn't have to be three perfect. Three things I would want to leave this world to know is that. Three lessons. Three, three lessons. Yeah. Have real relationships. Mm. Many, many likes, many friends doesn't equal many real friends. One partner and one best friend is bigger than any of that. Wow. Just one, just have one, one love and one best friend. If you can die with that, you are, you are way better than most people on this planet. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's one. Um, that's one. That's two, powerful. Two, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. 
or is it love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life? If your work, if your work is fun, it's not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number three? Take care of your body or none of this is possible. Right, that's true. Health is everything, right? A healthy man has 10,000 problems, a sick man has one. That's a good one right there. Is that your line or is Definitely that someone else? <laughs> Definitely. Anything smarter I've said today is, is mostly heard? from someone else. And any of the silly uh, isms, my, my yeah. friends call it eugenisms, are, are mine. But anything that actually had some real, the, the, the 150 thing, that one I'll, I'll take credit for. Everything else yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Is, is things that have been taught to me and I, I, I pull those. But wow, that's great, health, man. I want to acknowledge you, Eugene, because I think someone like in a position of yours who is on the top of the world in New York City in your 20s could continue to ride off of this energy of getting all this attention, all this acknowledgement, all the celebrities, the, whatever came with this, and the, the fast money and the, the success. It could be really easy to stay there. But you decided to continue to reinvent and live with humility in the process of all the attention, celebrity, acknowledgements that you get. So I acknowledge you for constantly doing the work. We talked earlier about you doing Hoffman stuff and working on emotional intelligence and getting coaches and really diving into your health and you're not drinking as much. I think it's cool that someone who lived this lifestyle that was working yeah. realized it's not what it's all about. Anymore. No, no, it, it's, thank you. And, I, you, I and you're trying that. to create new innovative products and businesses to serve your employees and staff as opposed to have them serving you. Yeah. And um, you just keep reinventing yourself. So in our limited time, I really appreciate your wisdom and your reinvention of yourself. It's really Thank inspiring. You. Yeah. I appreciate it. I enjoy talking about failures more than successes because I feel that people learn better from failures. And when the winners write the history books, they never talk about their failures. So I've, I enjoy talking about things that don't work and hopefully that can resonate to other people. Yeah, that's cool, man. Final question for you is what is your definition of greatness? Consistency. There you go. Eugene, thanks, brother. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Appreciate man. everything. And there you have it, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you did, make sure to share it with your friends Text one friend today, the link, lewishouse.com slash 842, and be an inspiration in someone's life today. If you know someone that could be inspired by this, that can learn from this, that could help them in their career, their business, or their life, then send them the link that you're listening to on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere you're listening to this podcast. You can be a champion in someone's life by sending them some powerful wisdom and information absolutely free. As well, share it on social media. Tag me, at Lewis Howes, on Instagram, and tag Eugene Rem as well. I'm sure he'd love to hear your thoughts on what you got out of this episode. So make sure to share it with him on Instagram and let him know what you thought about this interview. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Please leave your feedback over on Apple Podcast. I don't care if you leave a one-star review or if you go five stars like most of the people do. Leave a review and share your thoughts. Write a sentence or two about how this podcast specifically impacted your life, how we can improve this moving forward, and how I can improve your life with other great content for free for you. So leave us a review, leave a comment, and let me know your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you over there. As Walt Disney said, do what you do so well that they want to see it again and bring their friends. 
I love what Eugene has done with his brands. I just went to his restaurant Catch today in LA and it was packed. Lines, people taking photos everywhere. They created an experience to really captivate you to want to always come back. Make sure you're doing that in your business and in your brand and you'll never have to do marketing ever again. I love you guys so very much. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your entire life you've been told to save, but has anyone helped you figure out how to spend? With Fidelity Income Planning, get help creating a personalized plan for cash flow even when you're not working. One that includes your 401k and all your other accounts. Make informed decisions that best fit your life ahead, whether one-on-one or through our planning tools. Learn more at fidelity.com slash income planning. Advisory services provided by Fidelity Personal and Workplace Advisors, LLC for a fee. Brokerage services by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 